Okay, I started recording. You got it? Got it. Three, two, two one. one. Perfect. What did that do? So it syncs up the audio so I can just put them in logic. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, hi, everybody. I am with the ever fabulous Jonah Mutono here, and we are recording this edition of Space Talks from the Airbnb in Nashville, Tennessee at our meetup. I know. So, so exciting. exciting. Should I bring this closer, you think? You can do honestly whatever you want. Okay. I'm very excited because usually for these Space Talks, I have the audio very rudimentarily done and Jonah has so generously offered to show how to make it podcast material. So please compare the audios from this one to prior ones. <laughs> oh yes. But like lower your expectations. I don't know. Like go through each podcast and be like, Hmm, this is six this. out of 10. This is 10 out of 10. And then Jonah's of course, 10 out of 10. 11 <laughs> yes. out of 10. Yes, exactly. I might even add some music. It's going to be amazing. Oh my God. Okay, well, I'm very excited to hearing this. And I want to just first and foremost say massive congratulations to Jonah, who was just featured among Disney Pride's Apple yes, Pod. Like, yeah, like, like the, the Apple Music playlist that they have collated. Yeah. And they put me like sixth among like the Olivia Rodrigo's and Colors of the Wind and stuff, which is crazy. I mean, and so well deserved for all the awesome content that you're making. So. Maybe you can talk about how you got into art. And also, who is Jonah Mutono for people that don't know? Okay, cool. So, Jonah Mutono is, according to Wikipedia, a British Ugandan singer-songwriter, which is mostly true. It doesn't sound like that, but I grew up between Philadelphia and Uganda and Kenya and England. Um, And so that's why I sound, I guess, like this. If you listen closely, it's like British inflections with an American accent. Ooh, now I'm trying to pay attention to this. (laughs) I'll be listening to this later to be like, hmm, can I spot it? (laughs) So I started playing music when I was three years old. My dad had a dream that I was going to be a musician when we were living in Philadelphia. And he wrote it in his dream journal. And then they started putting me in piano lessons. Um, And I would go on to, you know, do actually politics in college, but I played classical music all the way up through high school. And I also am operatically trained. I'm a bass. And I was doing all sorts of, uh, Hmm. all sorts of competitions and that sort of thing, just like stress inducing, honestly. And um, so I decided I'm not going to do this anymore. Like at the end of high school, I just wanted to like work in a charity and like Central Africa, like live in a mud hut or like do the Peace Corps or something. Um, And then I did, I got a job at Save the Children, um, right, after college. And I had this beautiful house in central Uganda. I had a dog. I thought I was going to stay there forever. But um, I really started making music seriously then as a hobby. Like I wanted to make the best record ever because I was so inspired by the music that I listened to in college. I listened to a lot of uh, artists like Sufjan Stevens and this artist called Brooke Fraser, that was involved in like a church I went to when I was a teenager. And I just, I thought songs were the best thing in the world and still do. Um, And so I started doing that just in Uganda pretty much every night when I got home from work. And I finally got the nerve to put one on the internet. And I think the first song I put out got 80 plays in a night. And I was like, oh my God, 
80 people listened to my song. Like it was the best thing in the world. I told a bunch of people, I called my mom. I was like, 80 people heard it. Isn't that amazing? And she she was happy for me. She's like, wow, you're really doing it. You're going to be Akon. And uh, like, I don't know, as time went on, I like would gather more confidence and uh, I finished, you know, four songs and I put one of them, like I put one of them on SoundCloud and I emailed a bunch of blogs and in about 20 minutes after I emailed this blog, and this was like one of the biggest blogs on the internet, they were like, this is amazing. What are you doing? Where are you from? I sent them a, a picture that I took in my yard of me putting my hands over my face, which I think if you Google, you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> and then they posted that and overnight, like over a weekend, they got about 100,000 plays. Holy camoly. I know. I know it was crazy. I was like refreshing. What was the song? It was called Reds. And at that time, I didn't want anyone to know who I was. So I, my artist name was Kidepo, K-I-D-E-P-O, and it's still up on the internet. I was wondering how you had that stage name Kidepo. Like, how did yeah. you come up with that? So um, Kidepo Valley is a national park in Uganda where my roommate at the time in central Uganda used to work and he would come back covered in dirt. And I was like, I don't know. When he came back one evening, I was like, I don't know what I should call myself because I don't want anyone to know who I am. Mm. And he's like, just call yourself Kadepa, where he just come from. And that is it, honestly. Wow. Nothing else. So do you still resonate with the name Kadepa in, in your artist career? Or are you more now? <sighs> it's interesting because I don't think I ever resonated with it. I think because when I, so when it started becoming real was then after this, all these music industry people started sending me emails like, where are you? Are you in New York? Are you in LA? Are you in some swanky place? Just know I'd never been to New York or LA at this point. And this was 2014. And... this point you're in Uganda. I'm in Uganda. Wow. Um, How old are you? 2014? 23. Okay, so 23 and 2014. Okay. Um, I'd never been to New York or LA getting all these emails like, can we meet you? Are you in New York? Are you in LA? Who's your manager? I didn't know any of this. So my parents actually helped me out with the flight to go to New York from Uganda to like meet these people. And I remember this first meeting, they like walked me through an office and was, were asking me who my representation was. And then he soon come to realize, he was like, oh, you're really just fresh off the boat. Like for real, for real, you have no idea what you're doing. And he offered me a deal on the spot and I decided not to take it because I was like, I think I need to figure out what exactly I'm doing because I actually haven't plotted out a career in this. I just know that I was hobbying and I had a job and I loved making songs and all of a sudden. But in hindsight, this is something interesting when I think mm-hmm. about negotiations and information and yeah. asymmetry of information, mm-hmm. especially when you're getting started. In hindsight, looking back on that deal, would it have been a good deal knowing all that you know today? Oh, no. No, so it, was it was a terrible deal. So it was good that you waited. Can you talk about maybe like what that looks like? And I'd love to also hear about your your, your artistic vision and how you you, you sure. know, create. But in terms of the business side, um, in terms of the business side, it would have been a terrible deal. It's sort of for young artists. Usually, you want to well, you want to eat and you want to have somewhere to live, but you also want to make music. And so these companies, what they'll do, or these management companies. They will loan you the money as an advance on what on the money that you'll make later. But then they will also, for instance, these labels, they will take the master, which is like the ownership of the product. They will own those products and they will pretty much take 
like a good lion's share of all of the royalties and give you a percentage. And it's also a loan. So all the money they give you up front, you have to pay back. Exactly. Which is different than what you were talking about earlier with me about IP and how these companies, right, they'll give you, they'll pay you for your art. Yeah. But they're also taking a massive share in like a ownership right. Well, yeah, I guess like when art. they pay you it's in advance, but that they they'll take the share as well. Yeah. Like the music industry is a very new industry and they recognize that like musicians, a lot of like young musicians are very helpless and they will have no other method of making money from themselves other than what the label gives them, especially at the start. Um it's getting a lot better now because of course, you know, we've got web3, you know, you can really raise your own money in so many different ways and there's just like a big hole now like it's almost uncharted territory but like all the things that a musician can do to make and fundraise and market their own music which didn't exist before and that they've created sort of this fallacy that if you get a label deal that's the be all end all where i mean that's not true because like down the line you'll realize you don't own you don't own your music if you go through the label route. Yes, exactly. So, but the value add of going through a label is that they have those connections. Or exactly. Like, why would I, as an artist, want to give up my right? It's like, I need the money to need live. Money. I need the money to produce. Mm-hmm. I need money for advertising. Yeah. So it's, it's really just that capital up front. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so you are, at this point, 23, yeah. Kidepo. Mm-hmm. Kidepo, is that how you say yeah. it? Okay, in New York... Now, now, what? How do we get to you and me sitting together? Okay, so, oh, okay, so, oh, God, we're <laughs> Tell me in uh, ten so minutes uh, <laughs> your entire ten year span. <laughs> I met a man who had connections. He was actually a publicist for another big artist, and he wanted to get out of that and get into management. Um, he was very kind to me, and I didn't have like. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. I didn't have any connections. And he started putting me into rooms um, and he would become my manager. And he didn't actually, I don't think we ever even signed, we'd never signed a contract as like a gentleman's deal, if you will. Um, and so he became my manager and he would actually go on to create a label and then sign me to it. Wow. So yes, that I'm, and um, although that relationship is over now, um, it's very interesting because I think it's, you know, I, it's incredible all the things that he did for me. I actually met a lot of people just through the internet. So I met these. Ooh, do you hear that? I don't know. It looks sounds like it's going to rain. <laughs> um, I met these producers. They just tweeted me, and they were in college at the time, um, but they were sort of like on their way up through the industry, and they needed a songwriter. And I ended up sitting in their writing rooms and getting like my first placements with them. They would go on to be like, they're some of the biggest producers in the industry right now. And they really, really helped me get my start in terms of like figuring out how to like professionally write and what to expect on the business side as well as the creative side. Mm. Yeah. And I worked with them for like a good number of years. I love that. So what was the first song that you put out where you were like, I am so proud of this. This is my heart and soul. I am beyond elated to share this with the world. Probably the one in Uganda, because I think it was like such a new, 
I mean, it was so new for me to like be releasing music. I've been playing music for so long, but to be releasing my own. The first one, Reds, which you can go and look up by Kidepo. Um, I was really proud of I was really proud of that. But I think after that, um, the song on my debut record that came out in 2020 called Sh- Shoulders. It's called Shoulders, not sh- Shoulders. I was, no. <laughs> no, I was trying to think whether it was 1949, but I think I like Shoulders more. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I put that out. Like that was the first single from that album. And I'd actually written that like years. And Shoulders years. in 1949 are on the same album? Yes, they are. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, we'll but, put links into that for yes, everybody to see. We will put links. and you can, I mean, this is going to be on Spotify. <laughs> All you have to Easy use, enough. Yep. How do people find it? What, do they have to type in Kadepo or do they have to type Oh, no. In? So um, Shoulders is... So six years into my career, I decided I was tired of being Kadepo. I always thought it was weird when people call me Kadepo because I wouldn't... Like, I knew that wasn't me. And so much of my music was... Is sort of a reaction and a, a way to express myself. Like, when I don't feel like I can express it, you know, just in regular day-to-day life. We're like, I'm trying to figure something out, so I'll write a song about it. And once I've crystallized, I really crystallized that thought, then I'll write a song about it and I feel like I can leave it behind. Mm. And I feel like it's one of those things where I'll feel like I'll be writing songs until I die, even if they're not being published. I think it's just like, it's my way to journal. So I thought changing back to my own name would mean, like it's a, it's a better reflection of what the music is. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I changed that over. and then But the first single as Jonah Matrona was Shoulders. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I have listened to 1949 on repeat, and I look forward to adding shoulders into into the, yeah. the playing mix for for that. So, can you talk about your process to make art? I know for me, I find that my best singing voice comes in the shower when oh, nobody yeah. can hear Great me. Acoustics in the bathroom. <laughs> Amazing acoustics. I sound like Celine Dion. Oh, Let me know clearly. if you need a backup singer too <laughs> on any of your pieces. But I, yeah, can you talk about like? Where do you think of the lyrics and the songs and is where are you most creative? That's a good question. I feel like it used to be just like lying in bed. Honestly, when I started, it'd be like I would like be on my phone and writing in my notes app or like on my computer in like a journaling app. Um, and as I became more of a professional like every time I have a thought that could be a song, I put it into my notes app in my phone. Every time I like hear a melody or something that's like chasing me around and I can't get it out of my head, I sing it into my phone and I have like hundreds and hundreds of memos of just like little things that I've thought of. Or if someone says something that I think is incredibly poignant, that is something that I would also like to express, then I, I'll write that down. And then maybe it will come up later. Like years later, I'll be looking through my phone and I'll see when it's time to write a song anyway, and I'll see that thing and I'll sort of like sit down at the piano or on my computer and try and flesh it out. Mm. And you mentioned piano. Yeah. Is that your main instrument that you perform with? It is, yeah. Um, I I sort of migrated into a lot of like electronic synths and I played the drums a bit growing up, but piano is always a thing that I've most... I mean, I played it since I was three years old. It's the thing that I know... Like I've, I've never, I don't remember a time in my life where I couldn't play the piano. Um, I don't know, like I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm virtuosic, but I sort of know my way around a melody and chords, and I can read music. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, other than music, 
Okay. Can you talk about life? Like, how has it been balancing work-life balance, maybe in different relationships, whether personal or professional? And yeah. Do you find, I know, like, at least for me, it's been really interesting in my dating life as an entrepreneur, not dating entrepreneurs, dating fellow entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Do you find more synergies with musicians or fellow creatives? I find that a lot of creatives I meet came up in a community of other creatives. Like I had a lot of friends who didn't end up going like a creative route and maybe they like wrote songs as hobbies, but they don't anymore. They have like more traditional jobs. And I think I find I like almost being the token creative Mm. in a group (laughs) of people who are doing more traditional things because then I can learn like I can learn things that I wouldn't usually just like being around creatives. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think no, I definitely like, do. they're reading different things. They're listening to different music. They're going to different places. And it like, it creates like, it creates a diversity that I feel like I wouldn't get if I was only hanging out with like singers and artists. Yeah. And yeah, I, when it comes to dating, I have not figured that out yet because I feel like I don't know, dating in the industry, like the industry is like a high school. So you you date somebody, everyone's going to know about it. And there's always a thing of like, you're both working on your careers. And is this relationship going to be an asset to your career? I don't want my relationship to do, to be, and to do anything with my career. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, I love the separation. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I actually really appreciate what you said about the diversity of thought and surrounding yourself with people of different, you know, experiences, industries and everything. And I think that's what I love about space is that everybody in their own way is so cool and competent and talented that you just put people together and have seeing the synergies or conversations or collabs just gets me so excited. So that's so fun. What are some ways other than arts that people can connect with you over and say like, oh yeah, this is a hobby I also really enjoy. Other than your fantastic um, French toast making skills that Jonah made yesterday for breakfast for us in Nashville. I feel like at all times I have to be creating something, but I'm also a savage at a word game. Like I haven't lost a Scrabble game in years, so beware. (laughs) Also the Sudoku that you brought out. Oh, right. Yeah, not words. That's great. No words? Is that what it's called? Not words? Not words. T words. Um, Oh, yeah, I love love that stuff. I also, I mean, I'm really big time fan of anime. You can connect me on that. I like to knit. I'm not good at it, but it's something to do with my hands. I feel like I, I was that kid who had to know everything. Where like, if I saw someone knitting, I'd have to be like, teach me that. If I saw someone skating, I'd be like, teach me that. Like I had to figure out everything and know everything. And I feel like I'm still like that, but with less energy. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I love that. I also knit. So oh, I, feel, oh I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually, I love knitting. My uh, brother is a doctor and has friends from school, medical school, and um, even undergrad who were in New York during Mm -hmm. COVID-19 treating patients like when New York was like ground zero of of COVID. And I knit, you know, ear savers, little things that go behind Mm -hmm. your ear. I knit like 
dozens of those in Arizona so we could ship them to his friends in New York. Oh, that's that was where I used my knitting was <laughs> to make ear savers, hats, gloves, whatever. So I'll, I'll knit something for you if you knit something for me. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, would you like a baby sock? One that's sock. Like, <laughs> just, yes. Just one. Short answer, yes. Long answer, why? <laughs> what are the other utilities? Beyond yeah. that, because can confirm my feet are not baby feet anymore. But that is too funny. What are some areas of support that people in the community can reach out to if they have any resources that would be helpful for you? I feel like I'm definitely coming into a point in my career where I'd like to be entirely independent and, you know, raise money like a startup rather than as like a musician. I feel like there's a there's definitely a lot of uncharted territory there. And there's so many things I could learn from people in tech, especially on that front and sort of like mobilizing funds for, for something. And otherwise, just just do you. I could, you know, if you got a great slogan, I'll make it into a song. <laughs> I love that. When, can you dive a little deeper on that? So in mm-hmm. terms of like the financing, yeah. what do you envision that looking like? Well, I would like to be my own record label for the most part. I think like that's what a lot of people are doing, like being independent it's it's doable with the money that you make from like most of the money that you make is from working for film and television. Mm. Um, but if you actually want to go out as an artist, you need funds for marketing. You need funds for recording all of this. Um, and even touring isn't really expensive. Um, and so usually a label will back you for that, but then at a really huge cost. Well, I'm sort of exploring all the different ways to like fund, fund those endeavors and actually make, make money using money that actually doesn't come from the music industry. Like, what does that look like? Hmm. I think that could be super interesting to explore mm-hmm. even different funding sources. Yes, exactly. Well, I, I think that would be awesome. And hopefully there are some really good ideas and maybe we're able to bring people together to do some skill shares around experience and financing. Because yes, each 100%. industry has very different, you know, angel investors, venture capitalists, Mm. sources of financing, whether debt equity, consumer financing, crowdfunding. Mm. Oh, 100%. All of those I think could be really, really, really interesting. I want to leave the last note with you, Jonah, in terms of what is something that people may not know about you? Ooh. I know. Bold. <laughs> what is something and that very can... broad? What is something that you want the community to know about you that that we don't know yet? Huh. That's Probably. a good question. <laughs> it's like racking my mind. Oh yeah, I told you about this when I was younger. I went to boarding school. Yeah. Um, and it was actually the first school I went to after being homeschooled until I was about like ten years old, and then I went to this boarding school in Kenya. And there was a horse riding program, and which I really loved. And I did it until I won the horse riding award at this school, and then I quit. So uh, do you still horseback ride? I don't, but I might get back we into it. We should go let's, horseback riding. Let's do a space trip where we all ride horses. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your time during um, it was, boarding school? It's interesting because, of course, like we were so young. I went. I was 10 and my sister was 8. Okay. And you guys went together? We did. Yeah. And I guess it's like 20 people in a room. 
And it was actually quite like, it was a very nice school. It was a British school in Kenya. Um, and it's, it's interesting. So we saw our parents about every once a month. So our parents would come for a weekend once a month and then we would like go home and it was about like 10 hours from where I lived. It was so far away in the mountains. And like every like every Friday morning, we'd have to get up extra early and like pledge allegiance to the Kenyan flag. Huh. Yeah. Well, how was that? Because your nationality is Ugandan, yes. I assume. So what was that like to pledge allegiance to the Kenyan flag? I mean, I didn't really have any references to like I mean I didn't care I just yeah I was also I mean, just like too. I was also just such a big people pleaser so I wanted to like pledge allegiance the best like <laughs> I wanted to be the best the pledger <laughs> exactly exactly that flag would go up and I would be like the straightest standing child <laughs> my my uniform would just be like as clean as possible Aww. like I, I was such a like I had to be the best at everything um, but it was a really strange experience because it's a culture, it's like a little bubble all on its own. And there's so many politics. I went there having not gone to, to school with children and I hated children. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't hate children anymore. Okay. <laughs> but as a, as a 10 year old. As a child, as a, fellow children yes, were infuriated. <laughs> were just disgusting and they knew nothing. So, um... It was very interesting. Sounds like children. (laughs) No, that's so funny. Jonah, how can people uh, find you? They can find me on Instagram. My handle is just my name, Jonah Mutono. Um, Yeah, that is where I live. I don't always post, but I'm always there. So, yeah. I feel that. Well, Jonah, I'm so excited and thankful that you are in space. You are an incredible person. And I am so happy to have met you and just, I think you're fabulous. So I think everybody listening, reach out to the ever fabulous Jonah Mutono and come to one of our space meetups where we'll get to all hang together with the ever fabulous Jonah. Yes, I will be there. And um, everyone. So just thank you, Jonah, for your time today. And thank you for... Um, all this information. I think this was really fun. We've been having these these talks all all weekend. I know it's, it's been fantastic. It's been you so missed fun. out. You missed, <laughs> you're not here. You're probably not here. You missed out. <laughs> well, definitely I'll have to come to the next one. But Jonah, thank you so much, and send you a lot of love, babe. Oh, you too. Bye.